Episode 50 was good. Only here for the Wi-Fi. Live and correct. Coming out of Ottawa, Canada. Formerly in Beirut. We here in the big north, in the big cold. Super excited, man. Episode 50, bruh. 50. Yep. Today on the show, we got a very, very, very special guest. He's based out in the UAE. You know, that's correct. Yeah. Dubai, whatever. You know, Abu Dhabi. You know, Yaz Island was good, baby. Was shaking. <laughs> hold up, hold up. You know what? Listen, this is this whole music thing ain't really doing it. You know what I mean? To be honest, it's not appropriate at all. You know, tis the season to be jolly. And, uh, you know, we got to do it proper. fun we're waiting for things to pick up you know what i mean we're waiting for things to pick up submit your comments and questions for elia if you got any mm. this is mark carey yeah hold on let me get the picture going on guys enough of that shit okay so today's uh episode is a very very special one because you know what i mean we got uh liam Sower, man godfather of metal godfather of greatness you know the the founder of scratch metal you know <laughs> and we got a whole lot of things to get into you know so um strap yourselves in i'm a bit early because i wanted to make sure that the connection was nice and clear and that people would see all the goodness and plus, play this special dedication track to my boy, you know what I mean? What's good? It's Christmas. Please don't take me off Instagram Live. I don't want to get off Instagram Live. Yeah. Oh. Elia's already in the building. Let's, let's switch it up, you know what I mean? Let's 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 turn this thing back into the hip hop. Let's go back to hip hop. Let's do that. All right, hold up. Let me get him back in the room. All right. There we go. Let's let's take this off. Do I get a gold star now? Hell yeah, man. You know, we had to do a big styles, you know, episode 50. We're celebrating with the man, the beard, the, the legend, you know, the godfather, the scratch, <laughs> scratch metal. You know what I mean? Oh, God, man. You know, history, man. I'm already afraid from this freaking interview, man. 
<laughs> be fucking afraid, bro. I'm going in deep. I'm going in, you know. You know, I'm going in fucking yeah. the sandwich deep. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm Let's going go. deep, deep. Let's we go. Let you know. <laughs> First yeah. and foremost, how how are things in Dubai right now? How's Corona? I hope everyone in your family and friends and all that they all alive and well, not dying or nothing. Yeah, no, everybody's good here. Uh, actually, UAE dealt with it super well. Um, we're officially open fully in full capacity now. Um, there's still some minor things here and there, but I mean, I think this is the fastest. Uh, fastest country on earth that actually got back to uh, where it was before the pandemic. Yeah, so, yeah. Mad, mad respect to you know the authorities and the people running the city of of Dubai and and, and UAE. Period. But I mean, yeah. like you know, uh, hopefully that they can manage to keep that up. You know, so is it like that? Are you like when you're outside, you're, everybody's wearing their masks? Are bars open? Are restaurants the thing? Like, what's the story? Is, is it feel uh, semi back to normal, or is it everyone's like still like, hey, yo, bro, I ain't trying to touch your hand, okay? <laughs> no, it's actually more than semi. Like you can feel it more than than you know half of capacity. Like every everything is open back. Like all the clubs, all the venues. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of regulations here and there, but I mean, you still can club now. You can go to brunches, you can go to yacht parties, oh. Uh, oh. events and festivals <laughs> are are back. Party. Yeah, well, this is this is Dubai <laughs> scene, bro. Yeah, bro. You know me, I love me a good brunch. You know, like <laughs> damn. Yeah. So so yeah, festivals are back. Dubai Opera is operating again with amazing uh, lineup coming up, and uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it's a matter of a few weeks, and we're. Really? Fully on. I mean, this yeah. is kind of like time, right? This is like when the weather is dope and everyone's like, let's all go outside. It's <laughs> exactly. It's the burning of faces off. Right? Like it's 100%. 100%. This is what's I, happening, man. And uh, to be honest, like I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, are you like uh, acclimatized now? Like you like wear. You know, like you wear a coat when it's like 28, 25 degrees outside and you're like, it's kind of chilly. 25. It's a good thing you asked me because yesterday we went uh, to desert barbecue, man, and we actually couldn't take it. We, we were <laughs> super fucking cold. We had, we had hoodies, but it, it didn't actually work. And I think, I think I'm getting sick now and it's not funny, man. We, I mean, like we were, funny, but well, mean, yeah, but I mean, for us, we because we go off road, so we go in the middle of the desert. So to come out of it, it's it's an hour by itself. So we had to struggle for like three hours there. Even the fire pit didn't do shit. So yeah, well, you know the yeah. desert cold is a different thing. You know what I mean? The desert cold. Yeah. I remember even in Jordan, I've never done the whole like let's get a a really cool jeep and go up a sand dune, and and that looks yeah. crazy. Like you're doing some really extreme shit. Like essentially driving <laughs> yeah. down mountains in cars, and it's like. You know, you, you guys got stuck yeah. a couple of times and you were like... Yeah, that's that's normal. Yeah, that's normal. We had... Last time we went to Lewa Desert in Abu Dhabi, we had the girl, uh, which I love so much. She's 50 years old. Her car flipped from the one of the highest dunes. Flipped like three times. No injuries whatsoever. She had the Wrangler, so it was... She was protected very well. But, I mean, this is this is part of the game. Every sport you do is, is dangerous in the end of the day, yeah. so... <laughs> Every sport you <laughs> Every sport, well, yeah, that's a man. The, the beauty of riding a dune is, yeah, it's a different thing. It's a, yeah, I love it's having just... a really expensive SUV 
get essentially <laughs> broke down in the middle of a desert. I think it's a brilliant idea. You know what? I, you know, I'll pay mad money to do this. You know, <laughs> exactly. Only, well, good is, thing insurance here are nice. So yeah, in Dubai they're just like <laughs> it's just a Lamborghini. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like here, you pay fifty bucks for your insurance, and you're fully covered, even for off-road. So, well, might as go. well, might as well risk it. Yeah, when in Rome, right? When in Rome, you know, do do as one does. All right. Well, let's just uh, rewind a little bit and uh, kind of give you a proper introduction, because like I was having fun earlier before, and honestly, I didn't think you would tune in. Because you know you so you know you so Dubai now. Like right? I mean, you're professional and everything, but like you, know, you show up. You know, what I, mean? I thought you'd be like, you'd just be like, yeah, I'm put on the glass. Yeah. And just be like, Are we even on the air right now? But anyway, please, so, like, yeah, Liam, you, so you need to get on my level. Artist management, events manager. You know, you, you did a, a company in 2014 in 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 the UK. I'm I'm assuming it's Omerta, right? That must have been Omerta. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. You've worked with big names such as Snoop Dogg, Serge Tank Yen, Tiny Tempa, DJ Avil uh, Avila, and for some reason you had to mention Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> Shout out to Engelbert <laughs> Humperdinck. I'm sure. I'm sure. Nineties kids don't remember. Who, they don't know. Nineties. No, even not actually. Yeah. Well, twenties. Let's go yeah. a little bit back. <laughs> yeah. Engelbert Oh, even okay. Backward. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but man, that's so crazy. Yeah, you've been you've been killing it, bro. You since you like, uh, I mean, since you moved out of Beirut. And like, you know, your career, everything kind of took off. You've been doing really, really well for yourself. Award-winning events manager. You know, you're getting, you're part of music panels. You're part of, you're part of the, like, uh, a, a pillar for arts and culture. Well, first, thank you so much. Coming from you and knowing, and knowing how you're, you're all like a very a critique person. Oh, yeah. Hearing this from you after 12, 13 years means a lot. Uh, away from this, bro, to be honest, I always give my credits to Lebanon. This is where I started. This is where I, you know, built experience before I jumped into other uh, markets. But yeah, I'm actually, these, these were my goals since I started. This is where I wanted to be. And uh, it took me time, 10 years plus, but hey, we're here, right? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, certainly, you know, um, if it were not for you, I don't think that the rock and roll slash metal scene would ever really have any, you know, any chance, uh, any shot in the dark, really. You know what I mean? With everything back in from Rock in the Woods to Beirut uh. Metal Fest... You know what I mean? It was you. You always. You kind of fucking. You're crazy. You know what I mean? Because you metalhead assholes. Okay, just need to play on a gigantic stage with huge sound system and a huge backline. It's like super productive. You can't just play a normal concert. It's like we need pyrotechnics. And we're gonna need all the sponsors. And we need to have the biggest sound system, right? And you do this all for like you're doing this fucking amazing production right and then the bands get on stage and they take two hours to sound check and they're like the sound was not uh, it was not good for me my uh, you know like it's not <laughs> my meanwhile they're playing at cherries 
<laughs> oh wow! You know what I mean? Um, man, I, I can I can tell stories about this, but to be honest, I'm I'm being super honest. Everything I've did I did in my like if, in terms of events and festivals and whatever, I did it for me and for the team that worked with me. We never hoped for anybody to come out and be like, "Oh, I played at the, at this big stage." Or like, it it has always been, guys. We we fucking did it. We we are we are like from Beirut Metal Fest, from uh, uh, being involved at uh, uh, Beirut Rock Festival, and all this. Like everybody just was not expecting what what can be done uh, through these festivals and who, who the artists that we were able to bring. But yeah, yeah. until now we still discuss say, saying, look, we did it. People know about these festivals and this is what, this is what matters to be honest. The legacy. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, for sure. Uh, the, this is history in the making. You know what I mean? People look back like myself and you know, and the thing is, man, I, I mean, look, as great as Lebanon has been in the Middle East has been to both of us, you know, it it also has to go. I also have to say, like, yo, fuck all of y'all. How you don't know what kind of good thing you had going, dude. You had such a great thing going. And for whatever bullshit, you know what I mean? Like, Shif Halon, my Shif Halon, or da 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 da. You know, like, uh, it's like, man, they had, like, the Metal Fest. Rock festival, whatever the fuck you want to call it, they took it for granted, dude. They honestly, they took you for granted. You know what I mean? And Rock in the Woods was one of all-time favorite concert experiences ever. Okay, we went wow, into the middle of uh, yeah, dude, no, 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 for Lebanon and for the world period, dude. Okay, a hundred million bands were performing this festival. A hundred million. Okay, not like couple of bands or whatever it was it was a stacked everyone and their mom was playing this festival okay it was in the <laughs> middle of nowhere okay and the villagers that were there got to have the world's most frightening experience that's all i can say okay because like dude it was late at night and it was like foggy okay and there's mist <laughs> like in between the trees chimera <laughs> is on and it's just and the local villagers are like what is happening summoning satan speaking of so when did you start worshiping the dark lord oh uh he came into my and like while well, i was dreaming and he came to my dreams and like you need to be the guy who brings us back to on earth i'm like right, 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 let's right. do it i'll sign up you know yeah 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 which, which, which is a funny story, man, because, you know, I've been prosecuted three times and went to jail because of this, because just people getting caught and like, oh, who's your who's your leader? And because I used to do metal events, Ilya, uh, because it's easier for them to say, you know, somebody who organizes, you know, metal shows. Okay. And I've been prosecuted and everything. And the last one was the actually was the big hit. My house got raided by uh, army, not even cops, by army. And I was in, in Turkey and it wasn't. Freaking mess, man! My mom got painted. So in Turkey, raided your house? No, I was in Turkey with Chimera. They were performing there, uh, and my mom called me, and we're like, "Our house is full of army. So what the fuck did you do?" I'm like, "Yo, I'm I'm here playing, you know, being a freaking tourist and artist manager for a band. Though. We had to hire a lawyer and did many things. Before I came back, I was scared. I'm not. I wasn't coming back. I extended my stay, and yeah." <laughs> Certainly, it's kind of interesting that, like, you know, with all the restrictions that exist in Dubai, 
they're like more liberal and more cool about having metal concerts and things like that in Dubai than they are in Lebanon, you know? Yeah. And also like people uh, tell me, oh, so you don't submit the lyrics or the artwork. No, we have to submit every single thing about the artist. But they're aware. They're they're not stupid. They're like every time we submit for permit, they were like, "Oh, so they do it for art and you know just an image." I'm like, yeah, it's and an yeah. But they put the regulations. So, for example, if you bring a very satanic band, like they tell you, "Okay, but no inverted crosses on stage, no freaking pig on stage." They can do whatever you want. They want, but right. I mean, they need to tone down the lyrics. They need to. They tell us these things, <laughs> and we have to. We have. We have. We have to do it. And every band we've I've I've seen here or I've been involved with, they do it because everybody wants to play their satanic lyrics in the Middle East, and there's no other place to do it. It's yeah. here they're they're very educated, man. Like every person in no no because I mean no. there's a pretty big metal scene there. I mean yeah, but across the across the Gulf period, you know, there's a. You know, there's a now, now Saudi is picking up, by the way. Now Saudi are allowing I don't know shows. About that. That's, no, no, let's just wait on that a little bit. But, no, I'm hearing I'm hearing some local events happening for a metal scene there. So Yeah. I mean, okay. But I mean it's just so funny that you, you mentioned it the way that you did, in the sense that it's like in Dubai, they're so used to it now. It's like so routine. They're like, okay, so uh, no inverted crosses, no pig's blood, no uh, sacrifices, uh, you know, and uh, you should be good. Uh, mm, we're cool. Who is it? Yeah. Inverted rectum? Okay, cool. <laughs> we're on. Exactly, man, because the, the person you come in with your documents, he's someone who, who finished high school. Uh, sorry, uh, college, and be like he, he would actually read every single word and every document, and he would analyze everything. Like, okay, so you need to remove this, you need to do it, etc., etc. And then you're good to go. You do yeah. it. We have, we never had any obstacles whatsoever. Nothing. Have you ever considered doing a metal concert, like not just a metal concert, but like a death metal concert with a death metal band on, on the beach in the daylight, in daytime? Something you don't know yet, Alan, but I stopped doing any metal in general. Yeah. Even even listening to metal became a secondary. Oh, uh, don't say that. You're gonna hurt my you're gonna hurt my heart. But I I mean uh, I know that we it's it's kind of a very niche thing, but you know what? I think that you and Woody, like after you guys do all your shit and whatever, it's gonna come back. It's gonna be like, you know, you're gonna do like the first ever, you know, beach party where like you're gonna see like <laughs> You know, all, like you see Gogo Roth in in like beach <laughs> T-shirts. You know what I mean? And they're gonna be like in the daylight, no light show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sun, they're like, ah, you know. But anyhow, um, the reason why I'm telling you this because uh, nowadays, like the past three years, I've been working with artists from other genres and I've been involved in festivals and events that has nothing to do with rock or metal. So yeah. automatically, I have to stay, stay, like, keep myself updated with the, you know, the trends and the music and everything. So kind of, oh, hundred percent. You know, I'm just paying yeah. homage to your earlier days. You know, we we get into yeah. into all of that. You know, like shout out to Carl and the Rita Mafia and 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 the other like artists that you guys are like working with. So who is on your roster now? Who? who not you? anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. Whoever you mention, not anymore. Okay, cool. Yeah. So fuck that band. Never mind. <laughs> but I mean, like, so who's on your roster right now? Like, who are you, artist managing? Okay. So um, at the moment, officially, I have uh, Freak, who's a hip hop artist, Arabic hip hop artist from UAE. 
uh, one of the fastest growing artists that, from the region. Um, I have uh, Tina Yamut, who is an Arabic singer, my favorite Arabic singer of all time in coming out of this this place because she, she has a fucking Arabic golden voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I have The Recipe, a hip hop act from UAE. And uh, branching out from the recipe, uh, I have uh, Swerte, who's uh, also an MC and uh, an artist, uh, sing, uh, rapper. Uh, and recently, I signed a, a band from a Lebanese band who are based here called Tele Child. Uh, they're mostly like a oh, rock yeah. band. I, think um, I saw some of their shit um, recently. Uh, they were recording yeah. at Tune Fork. Correct. They recorded the whole album there. Yeah. 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 You know, shout out to the the homies at Tune Fork. So this is some uh, freak right here. Let's let's take a listen real quick. Let's see, let's see what what this what this homie's got. Hey. All right, let's not get pulled off Instagram. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. You know yeah. Yeah. But all right, yeah. I mean, I've seen him. He, you know, again, you know, artists be doing it up big. It's like it's almost like they don't have no intermediary. You know, especially in Dubai, it's like you're like you start a band and then you're opening for Metallica. <laughs> exactly. You know? This is the this is the kind of place we live in. Man. This is why I love it so much. And it's not like you need to beg. It's not like you need to kiss asses. You do good music and amazing performance. You get the stage. You get the fans. You get the the brands behind you. So. I don't know. See, that's where we have a difference in opinion, man. I think that you really need to to grind and you need to suck dick for a long uh, no, yeah. time. You know what I mean? In no, no, no. hundred percent. Yeah. But, but you know what I, mean? I, I said it. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. But what I mean is you to reach a place where you can you, you need to stop kissing ass. That means we're talking about years of work. It's not like you came out yeah. of your bedroom and like, I'm an artist. No, definitely. Um, but I mean, well, it happens 100%. It happens. That's um, the I, fucking I, I, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens, it happens so often. It happens. Where it's like, you know, yeah, it happens 100%. 100%. <laughs> but, but you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a thing here where, uh, for me, my artists, none of them played on a major uh, stage before they reached play. Like, Anorism, sorry, I forgot to mention Anorism. It's the only metal band now yeah, working. Just dropped, Aner- they just dropped a new exactly. song, uh, Ruby Demon or something. Exactly. Right? Yes, which Ruby took three, three months to do. Ruby Demon. Ruby Demon. It took three yeah. months. Anyways, we'll talk about this later, but I'm just going to tell you something. So, oh, yeah. uh, when they opened for Black Sabbath uh, in 2013, uh, they got Anorism. the big black, black, black yes, uh, in Do Arena Abu Dhabi. Uh, they, were, they were picked by Black Sabbath. And people here started hating them, not here, just like in the Middle East, like who, like who are aneurysm, who are blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, there's a history behind this band. They weren't born yesterday. Like aneurysm started in Lebanon freaking 15 years ago before, you know, uh, they came a long way. They went to Canada and came back here. And so there's a, there's a history for everybody. But yeah, it happened. A lot of, you know, upcoming artists that for me, they're shit. And I, I, I tell them in their faces. And they get uh, an opening act for a major act. I'm like, really, we're doing this? But in the end of the day, it's not my gig. So yeah, yeah. But I call everybody out here. I'm I'm that kind of person now. So <laughs> exactly. So like you know, you mentioned um, you mentioned aneurysm. You mentioned you know Freak and this uh, this Arabic singer. 
of course, you know, it makes sense. There's a there's a, an awakening happening. It seems that all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're in the Middle East. Maybe we should make Arabic music. And 100%. There's, there's like no longer a shame in that. Obviously, Arabic hip hop is blowing up, you know, and and is big it's time. Like, it's crazy, dude. In the like whatever how many ever many years that you and I have been working in the industry, and it's like these Arabic hip hop groups come and they just past everybody you know what i mean like rocket yeah. speed and with like millions of listens and and they're just like <laughs> you know <laughs> kind of crazy so who else hey. is on, exactly who else is on your radar who, who who's uh tickling your fancy ah oh, man man i had hopes for a lot to be honest a lot of lebanese act that i would have loved to work with but eventually they all died for some reason Rest um, in peace, Lazy Lung. You know what I mean? Lazy Lung is one of them. But I mean, now you're in Canada, so I think I would advise to start over again and do you know the shit, man. I'm already on my shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, shit, yeah. You know saying? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, man. Uh, but from here, from UAE, because I haven't seen any new acts from Lebanon that actually, it, like, the era of Wenton Bishops and Who Killed Drosley, um, I think it's gone. So I'm not seeing anybody doing anything. Any well, like anymore? Maybe, maybe it's the situation in Lebanon. I'm not not targeting That's anybody. Incubate. But... You have no idea, man. Every time that there's like some crazy traumatic experience, the art scene fucking explodes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, Blue Pfeiffer. You know, she's done a, a real good job with with finding her own voice, finding her own sound. Now with this, what I like to call Durka chic. She hates it, but it's Durka. Okay, like all, that's what I'm calling it. You know, all this like you know awakening of the like you know the, this is like you know what I mean. This is Durka, whatever you kind of Durka chic. You know what I mean? Like yeah, in, in a way because it's not traditional tarab. It's not Aziza. You know, which is and, tarab pop. You know, and, and and which which brings me to my next point. Like how how it took it took her I think a long time to reach that like. To reach the the name, the image, the music, the the theme, and everything around it, and I think it's brilliant. To be honest, yeah. uh, she did it in a way. It's very unique. It's very. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen it happening here. Basically, you know what? In a way, it was like because you know if we're talking about you know this artist has evolved a lot, and before there were yeah. a lot of gimmicks, and I used to call yeah. her out on that shit and be like, "Yo, why are you doing this?" You know what I mean? Like. And I think that finally, finally, it was like, there's a bit of authenticity to it. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, yeah. you know, and, and that's like, bravo. So hats off to to them and anybody else who's kind of like losing the gimmick. Unless it's a cool gimmick, you know what I mean? Unless it's like, like a guar gimmick where it's like, yeah. damn, you know, like yeah. we're talking full on, like we are space invader aliens uh, from planet Xenon and we're here to impregnate all of the women <laughs> on planet Earth. You know what I mean? Like that's a cool thing. I would I would want to see that. But um hundred percent. I'll I'll back you up on this. Yeah, yo. So <laughs> um we're gonna we're gonna keep things going a little bit and keep things a little bit um you know like fun and stuff like that. Um a little bit of a pause on <laughs> a little bit of a pause on on the serious stuff. We're gonna go into a little th a silly thing. I do this segment, and I'm hoping to like copy paste and click and, and make a compilation clip of all these things. It's okay. a segment called "Kill" or excuse me, "Fuck Kill Mary." 
Okay. You have to think of, you have to think of, hey, what up, Bashir? What's up, baby? Uh, Bashir Ramadan in the house. Hey, favorite drummer. Hats on. Hats on. So, yeah, yeah we're, we're doing this segment called uh, Fuck, Kill, Mary. And you have to think of who you would like to to fuck, who would you, you would kill, and who would you marry out of, out of three choices. Okay? Oh. Yeah, 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 exactly. Damn. So, we're going to start things a little silly. And we're going to say, you have to choose between Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, and Gaddafi. Yeah, <laughs> why males, bro? <laughs> you have to, you have to fuck, Damn. kill, marry one of them. Okay, I'll fuck um, Gaddafi because he's so stylish. Mm. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll kill uh, Saddam Hussein. Already done it, and <laughs> I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll marry. Marry something. Yes, that's sweet, bro. Yeah, man. Shout out to the Bin Laden. Because he's, bro, he's a family-oriented kind of person. So. Yeah, he's a family guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. All right. So let's keep things going. Uh, in cool. Flames, Opeth, Gogoroth. Opeth killed immediately now really? before yesterday. Oh, yeah. I hate this band. Oh, I despise okay. it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Flames. And who's the third? Gogoroth. Gogoroth, I would fuck because there's a lot of blood and pigs and shit like that. And I would marry in flames because they're very nice and like all into space and astronauts and shit like that. So, yeah. <laughs> easy, easy stuff. Easy stuff. Child's play, really, if you think about it. <laughs> I like this segment, by the way. This is a cool segment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I like it. <laughs> Fuck this band. Anyway, okay, so yeah. uh, who else we have? We have, okay, and here's where it gets really tough. Okay. Oh. Fuck, kill, Mary, kill, fuck, Mary, fuck, kill, Mary, Chimera, aneurysm, Carl, Reda, uh, Carl and the Red Reda Mafia. I I know for a fact you changed the, the third one in yeah, like now. What is it? I knew it. I knew it. Weeping Willow, but we'll go with Carl and the Red Mafia. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Ah. Definitely kill. <clears throat> Definitely kill. Okay. Carl and Red Mafia. All right. Um, I'd fuck Chimera because they're, they're so JP hot. is very sexy. Yeah. They're all like, like all athletes. leather and chains, bro. <laughs> Literally, I was at the same gym as the the fucking the keyboardist guy, and I just see yeah. it was all just yeah, yeah, you know, like pumping. You know, what it's I mean? it's in the check in the Chimera's checklist, man. You have to be puffed to join the the, yeah. the, the army. Do you, I don't know if you know, but the first ever band I've booked for an international festival with Chimera. Yeah, this is how I my career started. Clips of you, like on the tour, like on YouTube, there was like clips of oh. you just. And back in the day, you were like all shaved. And you were just yeah, yeah. And you were like, "Hi, uh, I'm Leon. I'm managing this band and uh, the tour manager." And Actually, this is where my career started as an artist manager. When I went with them to Czech Republic, I met all these legends or managers behind the scenes and the backstage. I'm like, <gasps> I started fanboying everybody. I'm like, "Oh, can you take me? Can, like, I want, I want you to be my mentor and everything." So I loved it. And yeah, answering your question, aneurysm, I would marry for life. They're my like, uh, my family, basically. So. Well, I, yeah, we wish them the best, and and hopefully, you know, they keep on 
uh, pushing boundaries in in the music scene. Now, speaking of the music scene and, and awards and stuff like that, you've started this Big Beards Entertainment. I remember back Ooh, in the day, Big Beards. Yes. right? Big Beards Entertainment. So, like, with all the challenges that exist, you know, in today's world of post-pandemic life and yada, 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 like, how is Big Beards Entertainment, like, adapting and or, like, taking this into account? Okay. So... Since Big Beards uh, manages one of UAE's most wanted artists, uh, it was easier for us to branch out towards branding, like the brands. Uh, we contacted the brands and we did a lot of commercials for, for our artists during this pandemic. And obviously, you know, doing commercials and ads, it's just, it doesn't require, you know, it and, and a lot of people. So everybody jumped on that. That was from the, that side. Some artists like Freak, I went with him. Uh, I, I played with him Call of Duty every single day. <laughs> this is just a fun part. Away from this, uh, we were actually, I made all our artists and um, my team made all our artists actually start working on their music for post-pandemic. Uh, uh, so that's how we reached a point where Freak has an album, Tina has an album now, and Rizem from finalizing their album. So it took us, you know, these periods of six seven months to create albums um or eps for other artists so uh we used this time to be creative to be honest we uh, i i didn't want to think about money wise to be honest because it's it's a depressing topic even though i always created you know opportunities here and there but it wasn't like our main concern because in the end of the day if you're in uae you can't do it as a full like to live as a full time musician and artist but i mean you still need this visa you still need this day job you still need things that you know would hold you all together so the artists were very lucky to have their jobs uh they kept their jobs and away from this it was just fun and creativity and now everybody's coming out of it no depression right uh, on top of everything and so yeah well, I, I that's that's cool, and it's 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 a good thing that people cover their bases and make sure they're they're not like you know uh, relying on one you know single stream. Even for an entertainment company like yourselves, you know, for example, one of the biggest things, uh, one of the biggest challenges I think for for any group is breaking out. Right? Of course, the internet and 100%. streaming has like in a way, it's 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 like uh, put into you know overdrive. Um, so like, for example, digitizing your concert experiences, is that part of the program for big beards? You know what I mean? No, no, I, I despise the digital world in general. Uh, I'm someone, you know, I'm, I'm an eighties kid, so I love everything physical. I love, I love to see, I love to watch, I love everything in front of me. But obviously, you need to adapt to the trend. So I, I cannot tell my artists, hey, just sit home and don't do anything. No. But we tried to minimize as much as we could uh, the live performances, the online like streaming live performances. So most of them, they did in the past eight months, just one or two live gigs in the streaming, which uh, which what I predicted, like each each show would get 100 views or even 1,000 views, you know. But there's nothing into it for the artists in terms of growing their following and, and reaching a different market. It's just just stay there, do it to stay relevant in the in the music industry. That's sure. But, but digital world is, is, a, is a world that kind of did good and bad for, for the musicians. 
they did good that you can reach, uh, you can grow your audience and your following and everything. It's easier than before. But at the same time, you're not getting paid because streaming platforms are sucking all the money that you could be making uh, by selling one CD live or whatever. Okay. Well, see, now you get into things, for example, I mean, certainly like streaming for free is not uh, exactly, uh, I mean, it's good promo material, right? Yeah, that's it. But, you know, there are a lot of, uh, let's say, um, platforms or whatever that are utilizing a, a, a a performance platform like Patreon, uh, a subscriber-based kind of thing, so it, it's still adapting, bro. Because you know, I mean, maybe it's it, in Dubai, it's it's an easy thing, but getting that artist to be able to break out, uh, being throwing a festival, doing a a Beirut rock festival, you know, that is streaming to everyone for like an entry ticket of X online, you're gonna end up basically being opening yourself up to the globe, you know, with acts like. Uh, Kaotion and uh, and you know Chimera or whatever or the, you know Freak who cannot necessarily go and experience them in Beirut or Europe or wherever you're you, it's it's to the globe right like if you if you make enough noise yeah. online fuck I mean like what about like Wacken what about like you know some of these other festivals that you could you know you know, I'm just throwing again. I am so one track minded, Ilya. I'm talking about rock bullshit. You know, I know you're still like, what the fuck are you still talking to me about fucking metal festivals for, bro? You're Don't still, you get you're it? Still, you're still the same guy, man. I am. I'm after. same old guy. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? But um, but if you get what I'm saying, in in a way, it's like you may. I know you would prefer having that real life in-person experience and it's so much different but at the same time you, yeah i'll tell you something okay so if i want to perform for an audience i would definitely do it you know live whatever but since you mentioned like petri and and, and crowdfunding whatever if an if a, if a fan comes and give you you know any any digital platform to right, just right, right. promote like even Bandcamp, for example sure. i would support Support Bandcamp. I would I would support Patreon. I would support crowdfunding. I would support uh, nowadays. It's a big deal to have uh, not a big deal, but I mean art, musicians and mu- music artists. The A class are going on OnlyFans not to promote nudes, but they're I know no, they're not. They're I actually, know I'm starting yeah, an OnlyFans. Know, uh, Cardi Cardi B now is one of the top OnlyFans. Uh, uh, I bet she is pro- profile. But but and and she says like in the profile like I'm not promoting my tits and ass and that's all it's, she's promoting on the music. But anyways, that's a different topic. So these are things or platforms for let's say if I'm a fan of of Lazy Lung, I'm spending twenty bucks and I know for a fact twenty bucks are going for the artist. But for me to be, I'll stream uh, I'll stream your track one million times to get you uh, ten bucks. That's that's Actually, degrading. That's a, that's on. a different world. Let's and do the math here. It's ten. I, I just threw. I just threw a red million. Red ten million times. I think the the streaming rate is zero point zero zero three six. It depends which platform. But Spotify. Yeah, this is Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, I didn't do the math correctly. Anyway, you end up making like not a whole lot, like ten million view, like you know, 
It, it, I think if you look up the, the actual rate per stream, it's like 0. 0.00036 cents per stream. Yeah, 100%. You know yeah. what I mean? But that's why, like you said, you know, uh, you know, uh, platforms like OnlyFans, platforms like Patreon, where it's a monthly, month-to-month kind of thing, that could be a real uh, avenue for or a considerable thing. And in a way, this pandemic yeah. has forced the hand of people to embrace the digital realm a lot more than they were before. And it's going to be the battle yeah. of who has the better stream, who has the better production and the nicer online content, you know, like, yeah. 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 You know, I'll, I'll tell you, there's a, there's a very famous organization here that does major festivals. I don't want to name anybody, but after the pandemic happened, started, they were like, Oh, we're going to throw an event, a major event for local artists and everybody's going to watch it. They brought local artists. They brought like the top six artists here. And I'm like, guys, you're not going to even get a hundred views on this. And you, if you see the production, they, it costs a lot. It costs probably like $30,000 to do this event. And they, they streamed it. They got 80 as a top number. That's like the highest in, in during the live. I'm like, $30,000, I could, I could do a lot. Yeah. So. Well, the question is how much of that quote unquote budget was allocated to communicating with other festivals and or peoples abroad. And of course, if you're working with local acts, no shit, bro, it's going to be a fucking bullshit turnout. You know what I mean? No one gives a fuck. Okay. But if yeah. you were going to, if you were to add on top of that, a few big whales, then that's a different conversation. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not going online at, right now. We have like what? Four followers right now. It's like yeah. eight o'clock at night. Uh, slash eight thirty nine your your time. It's like yeah. eleven thirty nine mine. You know, it's finding that sweet spot. You know, it's about promo. It's about pre work. It's about you know blogs. It's it's you know you got to get with it, bro. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, that's the thing. It's, I do, I do. I just I don't like it, but I do it. That's why I'm saying. Yeah, it. yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's it's. Ha I think that you know going through unconventional means. Traditional media is no longer the thing. Right, it's no longer yeah, going on on uh, Dubai Eye with James P Pickapickawai or whatever the fuck his name is. You know, shout out to that guy. Can't pronounce his last name from the life of me. He's a really cool dude, but he's got a really hard name to pronounce. James from Dubai Eye, right? And uh, and whatever traditional forms of media. You no, know, you got to like speak to some chick on Instagram with a nice fat ass and, or like some dude with really nice muscles or whatever influencers to be like, yo, check out the concert. It's happening on December uh, 12. Uh, check it out. Love you. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> whatever you, do man, metal is gonna always be the the music for promotions. <laughs> <laughs> what about UFC, dude? Are you getting into any like crazy like is Big Beards getting into the fucking you know <clears throat> into the into the sports world? If, if if I'm ever getting something into UFC, is probably suing them. <laughs> Why? I don't know if you heard, but uh, they I played did. one of one of the. They when uh, when it happened in uh, Abu Dhabi the championship, um, one of the fighters entered the arena playing freak song while a kill man. 
and we didn't get paid for it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, hey, that's kind of cool that it got played, though, right? Respect. You know, respect to. I mean, but how did who it, do you yeah. go, who do you sue? That it's not the UFC. They don't give a shit. It's the fucking right. It's ESPN. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you're not gonna go into court with uh, ESPN, fucking, bro. Yeah. Let me tell you, I know some people who know some people. Okay, <laughs> please send them. Yeah, send yeah, them yeah. My yeah. Way. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I know somebody knows somebody. You know what I mean? Hey. <laughs> Pay me, bitch. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Right, right, right. So, okay. Now, you know, moving a, a little bit, a bit away from, you know, like your, your main hustle, your main whole kind of thing. You're a big football fan. Oh, yeah. Why the fuck do you like Arsenal? <gasps> what? I don't fucking like Arsenal. You, you're like the Arsenal? biggest Arsenal supporter I've ever seen in my life. You're like Arsenal. That's a blasphemy, bro. You're you're pulling my leg. Bro. Yeah, I know. I'm pulling your leg. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to do something for the gram. Just be like, yo, why do you support you should Arsenal? Have said, you should have said Liverpool, man. This is where I flip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Arsenal, okay. But I mean, Liverpool, I would have just closed the freaking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah man what's the yeah, future yeah I'm a Man United fan bro yeah. always since I was young my dad was a Liverpool fan I was a Manchester United fan so we've always like we've had our arguments and everything so um, yeah since I was a kid you know I when I was a kid everybody was just into uh, international um, teams like I, I'm still a diehard fan of Germany but I, I never like heard of clubs you know when I turned like I think 10 or, the, or actually 12 I'm like Oh, okay. So Manchester United is the other team of England, you know? So, yeah. And yeah. then started getting uh, getting into it. I think I got hooked to them really when I was 15, when people started calling them the Red Devils. This is where the satanic... Hey! Hey, right. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Red Devils! Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> But yeah, still a diehard fan. Even have you ever been to a, an actual club. game? December in December, last December, a year Man ago. United versus Everton. Yeah, Man United versus Everton in Old Trafford. Wow. Yeah, yeah. man. There's I nothing. cried. Oh, have you been? <laughs> oh man, there's. No, you know what? I'm pretty sure that if you were here in Canada, you would love, love, love watching hockey. Because it's like I love I like hockey. Yeah. I mean, hockey I like is hockey. like you like hockey when you see it on TV. Yes. Maybe you play a video game or something, but then you see it live, man, and you're up there. Oh, fuck all the other sports, bro. You'll be like Psh, all these other pussy ass sports. You know what I mean? Especially when there's a fight. I only have. Uh, <laughs> a pro I look. I like sports in general, but uh, there's two games that I fucking despise so much: um, baseball. And, and women's cricket. tennis. No, we love no, we love women's tennis, bro. What, what are you talking uh, about? I'm just messing with you. Anyway, yeah, yeah. we love women's tennis. Women's tennis. Yeah, but yeah, golf and uh, sorry, uh, baseball and cricket. Oh, yeah, cricket can it's go boring. suck a big old dick. Any sport <laughs> that you have to uh, break for tea, <laughs> I don't think so. But um, yeah, exactly. Um. Speaking of games, you know, I've seen you a couple of times. You 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 live streaming yourself playing uh, Call of Duty. You know, like, well, 
you know, you, you're getting into the gaming world, so to speak. You know, you got a, you got a gamer chair. You know, what's the story with that? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> How's that going so I've for always you? Been, uh, I've always been a gamer since I was 12, man. Counter-Strike, where my brother used to bring me to the internet cafe. I'm like, I used to be very good. And I, we, I used to play with like 30 years old, you know, gamers or whatever. I'm like, I'm like killing everybody. And, um, and I started playing all the games and everything. So Bro, back uh, in the day, now, back in the day, an hour was like one thou. Elf, yes. You know what I mean? Elf lira. <laughs> Elf lira for an hour of playing. That's like genius. You know what I mean? And, I mean, I don't know how they could afford to do that, but I mean, when you have 60, <coughs> 60 computers or like, I don't know, however many computers and everybody's playing for at least, at least five hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. And you play five hours, you get one hour for free. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, the golden <laughs> days, bro. The golden days. Yeah. So, coming to this, uh, I've always, I've always wanted to enter this world, like in the business side. But it's way much harder than music. If you, if you didn't develop yourself and your name when the whole gaming industry was growing. Um, but you know, I, I, I play League of Legends. I, I, I've done tournaments here in UAE with Red Bull. Um, semi-finalists come a couple of times. Um, I tried to enter as a team director for Call of Duty and League of Legends this year, but I mean, politics does not allow you to whatsoever because they need names and you know, so they need just, just for the promotion. So yeah. What about like in terms of uh, the hosting and and um, doing the event production for the games? You know, because I mean, like, yeah, e-gaming I, is becoming a huge deal with, like, you know, of course, Saudi Arabia and some other crazy dudes, either in Mortal Kombat or in League of Legends and these things, right? Yeah. Uh, here, actually, they were supposed to open a gaming arena in February, but obviously did not happen. So hopefully in the next, like, upcoming February, they will open a massive gaming arena. Um, but in terms of production, um, I, with full honesty, like I'm a gamer and I know the technique, uh, the technical stuff, and everything. But I'm still not ready to take on uh, a gaming festival, even though there's it's, it's like organizing a festival or an event is a checklist. But I mean, there's there's this ten percent of every subject or every theme that if you're not aware of, you could fuck it up big time. Yeah. So I. I, I tried to do it a couple of times, which which on a small scale of like four computers where like two versus two kind of thing and then finals and everything. But if you're going to throw a big stage and like bring international and championships, that's that's out of my league in, mm. in the gaming world. Uh, being very honest. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, man, you know, it's if you know, it's. Um you're only as strong as your weakest link. So you identify yeah. those weak links and then you find the, the, the appropriate people to, uh, to do it up because man, I mean, I know that you're passionate about the, 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 the whole thing and who better to do, you know, I mean, I can just see you Woody and, and, and the crew just geeking out, making a really cool thing. And even if it is something that starts off online, you know, how hard is it really? You know, like, you know, especially if it's, you know, within the Middle East, you just send uh, 
someone with a good internet connection and a decent camera setup. It's it's you know, I, I could advise you. I, I I think you should do it. That's what I. That's what it is at the end of the day. But um, uh, it's it, this it's it's one of my goals to be honest. If if I have a very good production manager with me who who knows about the technical side of gaming, I would take it easily. Sure. But I just don't want to bid on something. That I'm not, I'm not comfortable, sure about, yeah. uh, it's, or it's not my thing. What but about, I will, I will. Let's have this conversation next year. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I hope I inspire you, bro. What about uh, like competitive drone shit? Like, have you ever seen these this this thing happening yet online? Uh, you know, especially in Dubai, like the 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 drone competitions. Um. Yeah, I have a I have a good friend of mine here who actually uh, design drones. For living <laughs> so tell me about uh, that man it's a big deal it's a, it's a it's a big deal here nowadays even though you're not allowed to actually fly them everywhere probably 80 percent of uae of uae's area are not like it's a red zone on on drones um but if you go into the desert and everything so you start seeing competitions and like people showing off their small to large scale drones um I like it so much. This is my this is my brother's actually his lane. dream, you know, to yeah, or his lane basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a, it's a big deal, man. Nowadays, like we're all fascinated about, with technology, with the robots, with drones, with cameras, and and I've I've never been interested in drones to be honest, except taking a very nice video or a nice yeah. photo and everything, but the technicality of it and how it's made and... No, I, I, I mean, who gives a shit about that? It's about the fucking... The, <laughs> you know, I don't give a fuck. We're like, well, this is a, actually a two-stroke engine and uh, we put the flux capacitor and it makes it actually gain about 17 RPM more, which is, uh, if you ask me, uh, the flu-flu valves uh, have been uh, calibrated. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Oh my God, if... if yeah, I've heard this <laughs> conversation so many times. Yeah, you're like, just you're like you're you're just does it fly like, or not? <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what so, I mean? But um, yeah. no, I'm just thinking now, like now of it's cool shit. Times. I'm yeah. just thinking of cool shit that you, as like an avant-garde, like ahead of your time, a pioneer of events organizing and, and all that kind of stuff. Like you know, this is the type I'll, of shit. I'll give you a thing. You know? What yeah, I mean? I'll give you a thing. Uh, last year, when we did uh, UAE, UAE National Day, no, it's an, it was another event. Last year, okay, so yeah, last year in 2019, it was the year of drones. So, a uh, 50% of our clients, they were like, "I want you to create an image or a flag in the sky from drones." So we used to do that. It's super hell of ex fucking expensive thing to do, but I mean, we 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 were able to do I think three events. One we had. Chick Zayed, uh, the founder of UAE's face, and another two uh, won the flag of UAE, and another a third one. Third one, I think, just it was a quick show, like random things happening. Um, the 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 Chick Zayed one, we had three hundred drones to do it. The flag, we had only hundred fifty to do it, and the show, the animation show we had i think 500 drones wow uh, we use yeah and they're small yeah um but i remember the team that was involved in doing it, the production team they worked for a week just putting them and uh, doing the maintenance them. every single day and yeah yeah for a week before we did we did a one minute show <laughs> 
Yeah, dude. Well, <laughs> I mean, it. you know, it's like it's like that and and fireworks. You know what I mean? Fireworks. Yeah. You know, um, you you blow a load. It's like a gazillion dollars to do it, and it's like oh, only a minute. You're like, bro, do you know how much a minute of fireworks cost, you asshole? <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And here, fireworks freaking expensive. Like whenever a client wants a festival, I'm like, oh, can you get fireworks? Yeah. <laughs> of course. How long do you want? How many like, fireworks you can for me to make it? Fifteen minutes. This is their answer. This is their minimum. I'm like fifteen. What fifteen? Habibi, do you have ten million dirhams to do fifteen? It's like, oh, why are you being expensive? I'm like, yo, bro, if you want to do thirty seconds, this is half a million. Yeah. Or you could just get whatever leftover fireworks that are at the beta <laughs> floor. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, of course. The, the government will give you a discount. On oh, my God. Ugh. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, Man, to be honest, if, if Alan left Lebanon, that's it. Oh, no, I don't think so. That's I, it. I would, I've no longer become a person of influence or significance. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro, uh, you're a, a pillar of the of the of hey, the of the Lebanese Beirut. Hey, Allah, my pillar. Hey, no, I appreciate that, man. And um, you know, it's you only know what you've got till it's gone. And the same can be said about you. The same can be said about Triple W dot me. If you remember Triple W, you know what I mean. The same can be yeah. said about. What was the name of the person? Paul. Oh, right. Yeah. Paul. And Adam nice. Grundy, good name, good name. you know, you can only know, you know, yeah. Adam Grundy still doing his thing, you know, repping Dubai and, and, and writing for the, uh, the, the national, the Arab national or whatever. Right. Yeah. He writes for the newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, who else we got? That's like Rolling Stone ME came in. They were like, you know, and gone and gone, <laughs> you know, Esquire MTV stayed, Arabia though. and gone <laughs> MTV Arabia. Yeah. Like MTV, MTV music, Arabia. much music, Yanni. Yeah, music. music oh, I was like, wait a minute, I'm getting confused with Mer Television or whatever. I was like, la, no, it's not no. possible. MTV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of going back, rewinding, because you know yeah. I got to talk oh about it. <laughs> oh my god! When no. I say that you are the godfather of scratch metal, what does that mean to you? And how is the scratch metal concert tour going? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't remember? No, what, what, what are you Dude, talking about? Dude, remember you were what... on a fucking interview TV. I know, of course I know. And there was a I priest, remember. he was like, I don't know, he is making scratch metal. Of course I remember, bro, I'm just dodging it. <laughs> oh man, you can't. I'm going to pick it up, I'm going to like try and find that clip and then repost it, hashtag, you know. I'm the only one who has this video. <laughs> I made sure nobody has a copy of that. <laughs> uh. Oh, yeah. But uh, to be fair, uh, obviously, man, the reason why I still remember the reason why I went on TV is just because they kind of manipulated uh, me and Kam uh, Kamal that, that day. They were like, yeah, we're bringing this random dude. I'm like... And you know, the metal scene, I know everybody. And sure. they just randomly mentioned a person and they were like, um, if you don't come, he's going to represent the metal scene. And I'm like, we're fucked. And they kept chasing me for a week. I still remember for a week until the, like, the same day of the show. And they're like, yeah, we're getting this. I don't know what's his name. I'm like, yo, somebody's going to. Some heroin you know, addict bum. Who's bring like, us back to, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, 
some heroin exactly. addict is like, yeah, man, metal's like so important, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I remember we shot for two hours and a half and they only aired like 45 minutes from it. And well, it is what it is. Yeah, dude. Uh, I don't know. But You're I, lucky, I don't regret though. it, man. You're lucky. Yeah. You had you you were like well composed. You 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 stuck to your guns. You stuck to the script. You know what I mean. Every time I've ever been yeah, on TV, something- I've made a huge yeah. ass out of myself. <laughs> you know what I mean. And you know so, so, something people don't know during that episode, uh, away from the, the the guest and what's his name Malik, you have the crowd behind you, like they're talking shit about you all the time, like. Especially, I, I remember like we had like old, old ladies and like, yeah, he's satanic. Like, oh yeah, uh, his parents, you know, kicked him out of the house. Like you start hearing these things. I'm like, yo, you know, they put you, they put you in a very weird situation where you want to listen to what they're saying and snap at them. And at the end of the day, you need to just calm down. And, yeah. and also I was, I was young. That was what, 10 years ago, I guess. So if I do this again, it would it would be totally different. But I mean, oh, of I, I was happy with the interview. A lot of uh, they removed a lot of the good stuff. Uh, me and Kamal, I, I remember we 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 like we answered every single thing the priest and the Sheikh said about you know their knowledge or whatever. They removed most of it. Uh, they just you know how it is. Yeah, they just wanted to keep the juicy stuff. They were like, we're going to keep this and keep that. We're not going to give this guy too much credit and make him look smart. We'll just make him, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Which is crazy. If you were not in Dubai, and clearly, you know, Lebanon, uh, unfortunately, as lovely as it is to both of us, is mm, pretty much a lost cause. Uh, And I think both of us are kind of just sick and tired of dealing with all the... It's just like, get your shit together, guys. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if not in Dubai, though, where would you be? London. Yeah? Specifically, like, where in London? Camden Town. Camden Town! (laughs) What's the the history there for you? I mean, I know that UK has got a place. The artsy and the hipster scene. Mm. (laughs) Um, Camden Town. Okay, so... First, um, my business partner, when I launched Omerta Management, she was close to Camden Town. She used to live there. So when I used to visit the first city or first area, I went to Camden Fast forward, my uh, childhood friend, Alexi, he moved there to Camden Town. And then another friend, uh, my fam- part of my family also moved there close to Camden Town. So I've always been you know, close to Camden Town or in Camden Town. And I have a lot of friends there. But in terms of uh, business and everything, I I met some cool dudes from Universal UK, you know, because their office is there. I met a lot. I met a lot of artists and bands in the metal scene because there's three pubs or there's three venues there that host like one of the like the biggest metal uh, artists. You know, if you want to tour London or UK, you have to come to uh, the Dev and. Uh, uh, I forgot the name of the other venue. So uh, everything I wanted and everything I needed, it was there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people tell me, but you could have branched out, you know, in Soho uh, area. I'm like, really? Do I really want to, uh, I wouldn't want to be around, uh, what do you call it? Um, a pizza express, jazz pizza express, whatever there's things there. Um, even though it's a, it's a legendary area yeah, legendary. but i mean it's it, it, it's not it's not for me at the time now 
I would I would do things differently. Yeah, I, sure. I would be I would be in Soho for sure. Hey, speaking of you, you'd mentioned Universal, and you know, like there are more labels now that have come to the scene. You know, so Universal's been there for a minute. Warner's doing a big, you know, they're snatching up people. They're doing El Scene. Fucking Mo yes. from the Chords, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. You know, Mo <laughs> from the Mo, Chords, man. right? He's he's we now, uh, he's he's at the helm, I guess, uh, at, uh, at Warner. Um, yes. Who else in the, in the Arab world is kind of on your radar in terms of la- major labels or uh, independent labels? Pop Arabia. Spec. 100%. Um, this guy is legend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for what he's doing and for the artists that he's been signing and promoting, I think he's on the right track. Versus the labels here in UAE, I'm not going to mention Warner because they're not like they're based in Lebanon, but here because I see Universal and Sony. Um, I like them. They're they're my clients. But I mean, there's more than just distributing music. Let's let's put it this way. Sure. And there's more than hey, let's sign the biggest number of artists and just keep them on the roof of the you know, let's put their documents somewhere in the in the alley and shit like that. So I love them. I love that that they're supporting the 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 local scene and everything. But I mean, it's not enough. Like as a solo artist, you could have you could do more. But you're you're signed to a major label, whether you you know. Yeah, there's you have this big. Or not. There's you know, there's always this kind of uh, this weird dance that everyone does, right? Like it's this like yeah. I'm an artist, bro. I don't need a fucking label, all right? And like get out of here with that. And I mean, obviously, there's some good. And this day and age, I don't think that those traditional forms of 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 uh, contracts are there anyway. You know, I mean, it's it's just mostly. No. Uh, P and D deals, right? Like product and distribution. Yeah. Um, yeah. But unless then, you're like a, a gazillion, you have a million zillion followers, and you have some serious clout, that they're going to be like, "All right, let's talk." You know, hundred percent. And uh, just the 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 same way where you have artists like I don't need labels and everything. You have artists that are upcoming that got signed for whatever reason to a label here, and like, oh. I'm I'm the next big shit, you know. I got signed yesterday. I'm like, you know, you just ruined your career. You got basically. a bank loan, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, yeah. In some cases, it's a bank loan. In other cases, it's it's development. And uh, you know, I'm not so scared. You know, I think that people are smart. There are books. There are things that educate people. You know, unless you're a dumb dumb and you just kind of like you're like take it all. <laughs> I don't care. You know, and and. You know, if you fall into a uh, into a pit, you know, as they say. Uh, yeah, true. I'll give you an example. Two days ago, one of my artists, I'm not going to mention them. They they signed a distribution deal, um, and I was asking them, "Did you get anything? Like, because I'm seeing your streams. You have, let's say, fifty thousand streams here, and like one million here, and." You know, they have the numbers. They have whatever numbers. Like these sure. numbers, bro, if, if you're getting $1, it's your right to get $1, whatever. Yeah. Like, have you got paid for the... Before I started managing them. So that question came before. Like, have you got paid in the past three years since you're renewing the contract every year? I'm like, uh, no, they're telling me like, um, we're like, you're not making money. I'm like, what? What do you mean you're not making money? You have the numbers. And if they're, if they're taking 80%, where's your 20%? 
let's say the deal is like that. Okay. And this is flag like it, it flagged in their head. I'm like, oh, so I should get paid. I'm like, yo, you should get paid one dollar. One dollar, hundred dollar, one thousand dollar. You should get paid, whether you feel like you don't. You you know you're. You know that's an uh, interesting. Much. That's an interesting little something that is. You know, it would be great. There, there's a a, a book um, by Donald S. Passman, and it's a great. Anybody who's in the music industry or whatever, or on an independent artist or whatever, who wants to kind of know what the fuck to do, right? Like it's a it's a guidebook. Yeah. It's called Everything You Need to Know About the Music Business. But of course, yeah. this applies to life, and it applies to the standards that exist in the United States, maybe in Europe, and and whatever. Again, uh, Donald S. Passman, everything you need to know about the music business. It's like, I think they've, they're have they on the 12th edition because every time, every couple of years, oh, wow. yeah. the, the whole fucking thing changes, Updates, right? Yeah. Like everything changes and all of a sudden it's like what to do with streaming and, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. What would be interesting is if you, my dude, have you ever considered writing or publishing a book about your experiences, about how to hack... The Middle East. Why is ev- why is everybody doing that question? Like asking me this question the past week. Everyone's asking <laughs> you the, to to publish a book. This well, you're the, the 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 eighth person this week. I swear. I I'm have not, I have no idea. It. It's because that's the thing to do, man. So you like, you know, you live a life like you're you you've done, and you have inner knowledge, and in a, in a way, it would kind of level the playing field. Like for example, right. Sometimes you have artists and bands who are maybe entry level, maybe maybe intermediary, but they come up with outrageous performance fees. It's like what the fuck on um, based on what are you charging your performance fee, right? Yeah. And so in a way, you know, at, at least in the um let's say in the cover band circuit or like the, the, the sessionist musician circuit, you know, the sessionist musicians that are super pro, right. They're like, I take $200 or I take $150 per performance, rain or shine. Right. And that's their standard. Uh, Yeah. Right. Per concert. Now it's clear in that way. It's, it's because it's a, a market or it's like a, there's a standard that exists in that realm of the professional musician, but it does not exist with the original band or whatever. It's, it's very like, you know, it could be whatever. So, you know, in order to standardize things, not unionize, but to like also control and have certain standards, right. For what is an acceptable thing. This makes it for venues. It makes it like, because at one point in time in Beirut, it was like, you know, if you're a four-piece band, you get paid like 100 bucks a person or $75 a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you yeah. just want to get paid to play a show, whether there's like five people or whether there's 10,000 people, $400. You know what I mean? For a night. Yes. Which is amazing. Others would not have paid that. Right. <laughs> Especially now. Yeah. Now four hundred dollars is like <laughs> you know. We're not talking dollars anymore. <laughs> no, we're not. Forty million Lebanese lira. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. So um yeah, yeah, like do you have 
have you noticed somewhat of a similarity in Dubai or a, a, a little bit more continuity amongst people and amongst um, venues and, and da, da 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 or is it still just like, you know, circumstantial? UAE is a very bad example for this because here the, the minimum paid artist to perform is $300. That's the minimum, minimum, minimum. Like if you take less than that, to perform even original or covered, it doesn't matter. If you take less than that, that means you, you get backlashed by the community and people start boycotting. Are you talking about business. per artist or a per band member? Or are you talking about per, per, per musician? Per musician. Okay. That's the that's the minimum standard. Um yeah, 1,500 between 1,000 to 1,500. This is the minimum to every musician to go on stage and play, whether you're six-piece band, 10-piece band, or one DJ, basically. Now, based on your status and how big you are, or if you're known, or if you can pull a, you know, a crowd, this is where uh, it gets you know, different. You get different deals. I know DJs that they, they like upcoming, not upcoming, I mean, some like kind of developed DJs who charges 5,000 dirhams a, a night, which is $1,600, almost something like that, just to play two hours. You have other DJs that I know, they, they charge uh, corporate gigs double that for two hours a night. Uh, my artists are a bit different because I work with original artists. So, and each one of them has a following here and they have a status and everything. So our, our fees are like way higher than that. Right. Um, but, but the cover band to play any venue here, they would like five piece band, their minimum to get between 5,000 dirhams and, um, and, and 15,000 dirhams basically. Yeah. So we're talking about each, each artist to perform two hours a night as a cover artist. We have a small following here. They would get each one of them between $500 to $700. That's crazy. So, so UAE is not the right place yeah. to Because you can't, give you can't come with those numbers in, in Canada, for example. They'd be like, are you no. insane? You know? And Even especially, in London, man. Yeah, in London yeah. as well. I mean, 50 quid is, is a lot for a musician there. <laughs> yeah. But there's also the fact that there are gazillion venues that they can go and perform exactly. every night of the week and still sure. like not even scratch the surface of places to play. So, sure. you know, that's why I, I, I totally agree with you. The UAE is not a very good barometer. And then the question is, how many gigs are said band performing in a, in a month? You know what I mean? Like, are they, is it, or in a year, you know? Because I mean, like, here's... Do you, do you want me... Do you want me to shock you? You want me to shock? If you're me? a full-time musician here, yeah, yeah. If you're a full-time, if you're a full-time musician here, you're capable of getting seven gigs in seven days, like every night, for three hundred dollars a night. Right. Full-time so musician, you, but you're playing at like piano. You're playing at hotels and shit like that, and being like, "Fly yeah. me to the moon and boom, 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 stars." Yeah, exactly. But what? You're making 30K almost uh, uh, a month, which is what? almost 10,000. 30K? Yeah, yeah the drums, which is oh, almost okay. $10,000. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But still, you're, it's almost $10,000 for a musician. Yeah, that's pretty wild. 
but who yeah, the fuck and, wants and to work you, seven days a week? But anyway, you know, there are some people who dude, do. All of them. I don't know any musician that doesn't thrive towards seven days a week. Sure. It's a little, yeah. it's a little excessive because essentially you're working 365 days of the year. You know what I mean? Which is, but there's a, you know, cause there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a thing, there's a, a, a lifestyle behind it. If you're performing, that means you're getting a meal and, and food. So therefore like they think, I'm like, okay, so I can get to my dinner uh, for tonight and like for seven days. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I yeah, have the yeah, whole yeah. day to do whatever I want to do. Then I go to work at night, do two hours hours to come back home yeah so it's a lifestyle and then coronavirus so, happened and then they all died you know what i mean so uh, and 70 percent of them already left right probably i mean so, you know and, and yeah. now they all have only fans accounts like me and they're just like <laughs> you know you know there's a there's an artist here called tak he's a hip-hop artist here he tried to open an only fan uh account they rejected him in dubai he's a yeah, <laughs> I, I wonder why. You know, I'm pretty sure that it's a website that is. I mean, bro, for the fuck's sake, are you using a VPN right now? Yeah, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you yes, are. There are some things yeah. that are still not really uh, allowed, right? So it's okay. It's okay though, yeah. mm, but yeah, a little yeah. bit difficult. <laughs> but yeah, um, for sure. Look, uh, that's that's interesting. Um, what are your recommendations? What are you, what do you recommend is a, a good amount of shows to play per year for a serious band? For a serious band of which status? Like doesn't matter. Like the, 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 uh, if you okay. want to be uh, a professional band, you need to be playing X amount of shows per year. The minimum, twice a month. Okay. Twice a month. Because here you need to... 24 uh, shows? To, yeah. Okay. I was That's going it. more like 150. No. Again, we're talking about UAE, right? No, 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 no. You can't. No, no, no. You ah. can't. I'm talking okay. about okay. to be okay. a serious band. Uh, okay. Once upon no, okay, a time... Okay, so you do it uh, for, for touring and everything. Like we're yeah, talking yeah, about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Performances, um, appearances, half, whatever you want to call it. Half half a year. Half a year. Half a year. For sure. Okay. Whether you do it day in, day out, or whether you do a full uh, tour of 10 days and then you sit home for two weeks or whatever, you do a one month tour and then you sit, whatever. Half, half a year should be your target every year. So 182 shows. Yes. Damn. I'll tell you why. If I'm playing now in Dubai, early January, okay, I would not like to play in the same venue in the same area in February because I'm going to have less people. Right. But if I play the show in January in Dubai in that specific venue, and then I play after six months there, I'm going to get, again, the same number I'm getting in January. And then if I play the same place in December, but again, each time you play the, the, the show, you have new material, you have a new show, better show, much more enhanced, et cetera, et cetera, and better promotion, better everything, you know? Yeah. So, and you have to treat every quarter in the year based on a different theme, different, uh, ident not, not different identity, same identity, but I mean the, the playlist, the, the stage presence, the interaction, et cetera, et cetera. 
So each right. quarter, I believe you need to, to switch and change something in your performance and your, in your music. So you can keep, at the end of the day, music is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is water and you're testing it. So either you sure. splash or you dive. So right. um, that's, how it, that's how it goes. So you need, it's same like releasing music. If you release an album that did, an ama- that did amazing and then you decide, hey, I want to switch my genre. You're not going to go switch your genre and create an album. You're going to throw the single that has nothing to do with your style. And then oh, you, you no. see. Yeah, so, we're talking about, uh, we live in an age where music is a, a tweet, bro. You're like trending for a, a couple of hours and then it's like you're forgotten. You spent all this time, yeah. you know, which is actually kind of challenging the whole model of, you know, spending all this money, spending and putting all this effort into music. I find that personally, you know, just doing mm, bullshit and putting it out there and seeing what sticks is a lot more of a thing than being like, you know, honing your craft, working with people. It's great to work with producers, but like maybe just kind of like, you know, it's like fishing with dynamite. You know what I mean? You just kind of, you just kind of like, and see what sticks. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but we can give, I can give a very good example of this, by the way. What's that? Uh, one of my favorite artists here in, in the region, which is Jay Wood. I love this guy. I love his music. I love his guitar plays, everything. Sure. When he when he released his albums, you know, um, he did okay. He did good. And now, I don't know if you heard his last two EPs. Uh, Dark has Cinema? Nothing. Yes. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the last release, which has nothing to do with what, what we... like. It doesn't have to do with anything with Jay Wood. You Are know? you talking about Nabad? Uh, that's the that's the one before. But Dark Cinema is the last... It was released a few days ago, Dark Cinema. Yeah. So it's an electronic, um, it's an electronic thing. It's an electronic project EP. It has nothing to do with what Jay would released before. Right. And if you if you check the numbers from Nabad till now, Nabad is also similar to Dark Cinema. If you check the numbers online, they did way much better than Jay Wood's. Uh, what was the album? Blood. Bloodline, I think. Oh. Uh, New Blood, right? New Blood. So, exactly. That was his first, first, yes. first, first, first record. Yes, correct. So he he tested the water with an EP, which is was Nabat, and it did way better. If you go on Spotify, you see the numbers. There's nothing like. Hey man, yeah, you're making an argument that I kind of don't really fucking appreciate, to be honest. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> Haram, dude. Like for example, the transitions record that he put out. You know, and he went to LA and he worked with all these people and da ba da ba da ba. Right, like it's it sounds sonically really impressive. He has uh, this big, huge rock sound, but in a way, it's kind of like falling onto deaf ears because "quote unquote" rock is dead. Right, like I mean, it's it's in some in some places, right? Yeah, in some places in Australia, rock and roll is still the shit. You know, in 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 parts of Germany and parts of you know the United States, you know, you are having to kind of geo specific be geo specific to that area right like at the end of the day they're still printing metal hammer magazine and guitar world and so on and so forth but yeah. i mean like you're right you know the the popularity of guitars period guitar music period has gone down gibson went out of like gibson was going bankrupt like bro yeah you know what uh, i mean 100% yeah for sure like uh 
I'm sure like Jay Woods, for example, did not wake up one day and be like, hey, I want to change my style. No, obviously he, he, he met went, Ahmed he Jawad. That's what he did. He mm. met Ahmed Jawad and he started making synth music on, on the fucking micro Korg and tripping out and just being like, <laughs> oh, oh <yeah>. shit. <laughs> you know? Hold on. I'm going to yeah, play so, some. Here's, hey, hey. here's, here's yeah. a little bit of his latest thing. This is called Pandemic Lockdown by Jay Wood uh, on the... Um, uh, on the fucking uh, dark cinema record. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> okay, so we went from that. Hold on a second. We're going to continue going to Jay Wood and, and we're going to go to fucking Empire. Hold on. What's this? We just heard that kind of like lo-fi. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. We're playing it. Just a minute now. We're doing a, a before and after. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's face. <Yeah. laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, this is a different vibe entirely, clearly, obviously, and he's enjoying it and he's doing it. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's a great record, you know, but it's kind of it like what happened with Radiohead in a way, right? Yeah, I know you can say that, but and look, it's maybe, 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 maybe I'm like me and you were thinking that he's following a trend or whatever. Maybe I'm just saying we're not, but I mean, maybe, but maybe he is actually stopped listening to rock and he just wanted, you know, maybe sure. he's a brave guy now and he wants just to rave and go to, you know, electronic events. So at the end of the day, you're not going to, you, you're, if, if, if you're a creative person who composes music, you're not going to put yourself in a bubble and, and, you know, like, Oh, this is the only thing I know. Yeah. And to be honest, I see, I see Jay Wood, you know, branching out towards the other genres. That's amazing. Like for somebody comes from a rock background and even metal, to be able to produce this, that's a, that's no, a legendary sure. move, to be honest. No, that's 100%. Balls, 100%. It's ballsy. It's it's not being pigeonholed to, to any particular thing. And yeah. uh, yo, what up, Alain? I'd be slaying man in the house, you know? Uh, uh, a, a, sim <clears throat> a similar similar vibe and story, of course. You know, you, you don't want you to be pinned to any one thing. And that's kind of how, why I say Radiohead because like Radiohead, you know, yeah. they were doing that, you know, alternative rock kind of thing. And then they really pushed the boundaries and, um, exactly. Bro, we're saying the same thing. I'm just saying it's kind of a bit of a head turner and it does alienate some people yeah. who were like a diehard Jay Wood fans that were listening to. You know what I mean? Like, they go hand in hand. Everybody loves everything, but like the hardcore, like I only listen to metal because metal, you know, like you're going to fucking lose those people, but fuck them. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing his like following, uh, I guess, um, on the releases and everybody's happy to be honest. So, Yes. Yatikal Afi to Jay Wood and the crew, Dark Cinema. We love, we love, we love Jay Wood, man. On all platforms, download, <laughs> uh, support local artists, hashtag support black actors, do the whole thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like, I 
like I like the fact that you're wearing uh, Wu Tang. Yeah, man. You know, listen. I fucks with Wu Tang. I know you do too. You've met some celebrities over your days. You know, I met them in December. Actually. Exactly. It's so crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so yeah. wild. You know, I mean, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, I really, I really do hope that you keep, you know, pushing boundaries, making bigger and better events, keep on getting awards, um, elevating the scene through means mentoring people. And that's why, yeah, the, the book thing comes back because it's like, bro, there's a lot of talent. There is a lot of talent coming out of the Middle East. There are just not necessarily the proper platforms and or people who are working to elevate. I'm trying to do that through yeah. this podcast. I'm There are people like Ziad Nelfal with Ruptured, the label, the radio show, the blogs. You know, uh, I wish that there were more. Again, rest in peace, Triple W. This was an example of a platform that was being like, Leiko, look at the, all the talent we have it. Okay, look at all the talent that we have. But for whatever yeah. reason, you know, nobody wanted to share or promote each other because they were like, La, no. <laughs> you want me to share and promote your music? <laughs> Why would I do that? If people came together more and 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 like elevated one another, yeah, without in you no know, like I'm not gonna associate myself. Uh, granted, there are some people who don't fucking deserve a piece of shit. But you know, like if you're serious about what you do and you're good at what you do, bro, man, like doesn't matter what style or what genre it is. It's all love, man. We're all part of this thing. 100%. We're all artists. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Yes, that's something, man. I always tell my artists, like. Don't start beef, support everybody and show the love uh, by going to their con everybody's concert. And, yeah. and just look, at the end of the day, nobody's going to take from you anything if you just click the like button and the share. That's all that matters. My impeccable and Facebook wall will be shit stained from your piece of shit project. That's, that's literally what they think, I swear to God. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> look, the thing is, we... Look, this part of the world has been always a question mark for the Western world. Like, oh, what's going to come out of this and what's coming out? Like, already people hated on us for so many years For a lot of decades. good reasons, but okay. And, well, yeah, <laughs> obviously. But I mean, we're, let's talk about the creative side. Right, 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 you know, right. No, nobody, wanted, you know, nobody wanted an Arab country, to, uh, an Arab band to shine and tour and whatever. Or take spot the spotlight of a major thing and yet we're like in the middle east i'm like ah, oh, i hate you i don't like you oh you played this show i should have been oh, come on man yeah like everybody there's so much opportunity for everybody you know yeah. um, and especially here here there's a lot of political issues that happens between artists Even, like they see each other and like face to face yeah you're my bro and then you go online and like you start trashing each other do you know who that guy is what a fucking idiot man Ugh. Yeah, yeah, 100%. it happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. Exactly. But it's good to get past that. You know, you hear a lot about it, you know, especially in the podcasting world, man. You know, there are more yeah. podcasts that are opening up that are that are starting. And I think that if more people have conversations with each other and celebrate and be part, it's only going to bring more good. You know, if you, if you believe in what the people are Definitely. doing, okay, it's great not to just be pandering to whomever and like whatever you know you're, you're all getting a seat at the table but yeah man i gotta tell you from someone like as a canadian yeah 
playing English music in the Arab world, it was really hard to get a seat at the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I was there, man. We we worked together for a week, no? Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, bro. Back know, in the day, I, know what you mean. I, I listen, you know, when we worked together, right? Like, I would like to think that this experience of working with me, because at one point in time, Lazy Lung was, in fact, asking you to manage us. You know what I mean? To manage us, to help us book, because we had heard so much of, of your of your reputation and, and everything like that. But at the same time, I was someone who was so used to doing everything DIY from the punk days yeah. and everything like that. And I had goals, right? We had goals. And it's also really important to, and I'm sure you know as a manager, as someone who's working with labels, is to set your expectations. You know what I mean? To set the, the, the targets yeah. and goals. And, you know... I think that you may have not been used to a band that was that put together at that time. You were the one who was setting those goals and setting those targets and, and meet, you know yeah. what I mean? Like forming a plan, you know what I mean? So, okay. So I, I don't remember which year was that, but look, everything before I took artist management, fully as my full-time job it was trial and error exactly. I, I i admit you know i admit i've worked with you i've worked with with other artists i worked um i, I even worked with at the time uh, blue pfeiffer yeah. uh, Polly. I, I worked with almost everybody in the scene almost 100%. you know whether whether as an artist manager or whether i booked them for a festival or a show or whatever um and yeah i admit that it was trial and error and i thank every single one lazy long and the artists I worked with because of them I gained this little experience that kind of opened bigger doors for me so and and thank god like I'm all like I'm still friends with everybody you know and I knew after I started studying artist management there's a big there's every in every course they say you're never gonna see eye to eye with the artist and they will never see eye to eye with you whatever the relationship is you, like you said, you put in ex expectations, you put goals, and I have my own thing. So it's it's fifty fifty situation. Either you you will succeed in this relationship, or you just fall off. This is how it goes. And still, up till now, like I've worked with um, uh, during Omerta days, I worked with some artists here and there, and we never saw eye to eye. And it's it is what it is, you know. And there's no hard feelings unless you, you know, and I'm someone who was very transparent. Like I hear stories about artists telling me, oh, this manager stole our money uh, or the, this manager, you know, bad mouthed us. For me, I've never taken any penny from yeah. any artist. Nobody. That's, that's something I'm very proud of because I worked so hard on that reputation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the end of the, like in the end of the, the path, when you, when you go on separate ways and you break up with your, uh, love which is a band or an artist that doesn't mean we're gonna have to beef and we're gonna have to like i'm, a, I'm it, it doesn't mean that i'm a bad manager and it doesn't mean that you're a bad artist right it just we didn't click that's it that's the, that's the end of the road so yeah, i think man, that like, I, I think learned that, a lot yeah 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 definitely i mean i i don't think we certainly clicked as uh, a lot there was a lot of clicking between us until this day you know what i mean i'm not throwing shade yes. at your earlier days it was just really tough man like, like so many uh, uh you have come up so much from then 
You know what I mean? We're talking, bro, what are we talking yeah. about? We're talking about fucking 10 years ago. You know what I mean? We're talking about like yeah. pre, 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 pre. And I mean, like, even if you had managed to, let's say, get us shows in Europe and a tour in Europe and everything like that, we as an artist were not ready. We didn't, we were not ready. And we did not have even the, uh, the fucking travel documents in order to do that. I don't know how many opportunities that we got, Hatta even going to LA to record at Capitol Records. And our bassist, I met, he didn't, he didn't get the visa. It was like, it was a real, man, it was so heartbreaking. I don't know how many opportunities bands from the Middle East get to go and perform and whatever. And then some bullshit happens where they're like, la, 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 ma, we're not going to give you the visa. Sorry. You know? Yeah. Full on. Yeah. So how do you overcome that? How do you overcome the whole documentation issue? So (laughs) connections, that's full honest answer. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. Freak is a, has a Somalian passport, which is one of the hardest to deal with. And when I booked his tour in December in the UK, everybody was like, he's not going to get it. He, he questioned himself, like, bro, I'm never going to get a fucking UK visa. No way. And because of the experience I gained with immigration, with visas over the 10 years experience, um, even like even when I started the first booking of Chimera, I didn't know what what are what what is an embassy, <laughs> basically, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I still remember I did I did a mistake, which actually the, the embassy was super nice to dodge it. I came to the embassy as an artist manager saying, hey, we're a band. We want to perform there. Can you give us a visit visa? That's, that should be a red flag, <laughs> you know? But the embassy, they were super nice and they were like, yeah, okay, cool. You're performing in that festival. Let's go. You, you don't need, like, we're not going to give you artist visa or business visa. Let's move on. So, but, you know, at some point, they, the embassy would look at us like, okay, you're, you're banned from going to Czech Republic for applying on the wrong visa, you know? Just saying, they would never ban you, but I right. mean... Oh my God. It is what it is. It is. Yeah. So I did this mistake. Nobody, nobody noticed. But after a few years, when I started taking courses in artist manager and they tell you, make sure to know the visa you're applying for ours. I'm like, mm, okay, I, I, I could have ruined the career for a, for nothing for a Lebanese band, you know? Yeah. So, so that what happened. And with freak in the UK strings, um, I called up a few people in the UK immigration office. Uh, people I knew from uh, when I had the America management. And uh, we started dealing with it in a way, you know, we had to hire lawyers, we had to hire this and that, we had to hire a sponsor. Yeah, we had, we had, I, I had, I think I remember just getting his visa was like one month worth of work just to get the visa. But that, and in the end of the, yeah. That was uh, having a lawyer and having all this uh, documentation or, or like whatever professionals, that was for Omerta or just to get a application like going through? Just to get an application. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's just to get the documents to the embassy. But was that from the artist gonna... side or was that from your, the, the tour manager side? From my side. Okay. From your side. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Cause so I'm, I'm representing a Somalian uh, artist. Right. Obviously he's an artist, but I mean, immigration in the UK would not 
they don't they don't they don't care who is coming there's a there's a red flagged uh passport on our list uh-huh. an immigration list so what makes him you know different so i had to represent a lot of things and show a lot of documents and you know get sponsors to pay for it. not not financially i mean to sponsor him to make sure that he will leave the country in a certain period etc etc and uh, we got it and even when he got it like you know you know you get the visa you get stamped on your you, they put it on your visa but his passport is so bad to a point that they'd give him a paper. Like it Damn. was not even on the... Yeah, sorry to say this, but this is like these are the struggles that artists go through and I go through. Like, you know, I try to minimize the, the stress on the artist, not to give them all this information. Yeah. But, you know, the reality is it's not easy to get beat. You're the unsung hero, Yaelia. You're the unsung <laughs> hero of of uh you know yeah man because i mean can you imagine and it's so simple right like you know i got the any other any other artist was like bro no just get me a visa (laughs) meanwhile for for other people you're like you're like doing all this work and it's like you're sweating and everything like that right and then and then you're like we got it and they're like cool (laughs) bro i remember this i remember this week Everything, a lot of things, a lot of good things happened, but I was scared, you know, we were waiting for the day and the same day we got the visa and we got the opening of uh, Future and uh, Gucci Man and do, do Arena. I'm like, yo, I need to go buy lottery or something yeah, today. <laughs> Something's weird happening. But yeah, it's, uh, it's not easy, man. It's not easy at all. Even when I, I don't want to mention names, but when I, I toured with a Lebanese metal band in Europe, I had to call uh, the ambassador of this country and meet with them and try to explain to them what is a Lebanese metal band doing in Europe. So, and because they give the responsibility that you're not just going to one country, you're right, right. going to hold Europe. So their responsibility is very high. So I had to also, again, you know, get the lawyers involved, get some strings involved and, you know, here and there. But uh, this is the, this is the job of an artist manager. This is, that's right, my, my dude. Job, <laughs> that's right it's not just the book shows so. no it ain't just taking pictures and going to the strip club you know what i mean exactly it's not just fucking like no, you no know involved. Yeah. yeah man <laughs> well honestly so. yo shout out to everybody who's tuned into the show big Hass, we got phil vader in the house you know Gus. big Hass, big love i'd love to uh love to get him in on the show and also, if you represent freak man who knows maybe you know your boy won't come on the podcast you know what i'm saying maybe they got is he is he in Dubai now or is he back yes. in Ethiopia? No, no, he's never. He was born and raised here. He's, okay, he's old. He's, he's been here. Well, I don't know, bro. You know, it was pandemic times. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah, he yeah, went yeah. fucking Ethiopia, <laughs> bro. Like, home, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's still here. He's still here, and yeah, definitely, I'll I'll get him on board. Yeah, Come. man. You know, talk. I don't know what the fuck I'd ask him because I'd be like, you know, I'd be like, hey, man. Well, you did. Well, you did a very good job asking me questions and <laughs> grilling me so i'm sure you're gonna find all the questions yeah man you know i'll dig in deep and be like yo you know i'm gonna ask him like uh what's your favorite food with anjada you know i ask him all kind of cool like ethiopian questions and shit you know you can ask his i know his manager if you want like you can ask him under the table questions yeah under the t- <laughs> under the table one just be like yo be like so you know what's your favorite chips anyway how um, many yeah, Habibi, Lake. If you can believe it, we are almost two hours in on this fucking what? show. Yeah, bro, <laughs> almost two hours. Oh, no. Um, 
Parting Amazing. words, man. I leave it to you, my dude. I leave it to you to, uh, you know, words of encouragement, shout out to whoever you want to shout out, promote whatever you want to promote. Um, first of all, just that, so you know, aneurysm are moving to Canada. Half of them already are there. So hit, the, hit them up, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> oh, shit. yeah, uh, that's one, uh, second they're, yeah, they're all Canadians now. So oh, good. it's passports and everything. So all good. Second thing is, first of all, uh, second thing, actually, thank you, my, my guy. It was amazing catching up on 12 years of friendship, business, work, uh, you name it, everything, but sex as well. Amazing. So, <laughs> um, and awesome, awesome. Really, man, when I saw you're doing this podcast, I'm like, I want to I wanna be part of this cool community, you know? Hey man, so, you know what I'm saying? You know, we do things <laughs> up. We do things up on the podcast. You know, you know, you know I, 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 like, I'm doing a lot of podcasts and interviews and panels, and I'm like, the questions are, oh, what do you think of the Middle East scene? I'm like, yo, guys, just be original, you know. <laughs> so when you call, when you told me, I'm like, yo, yes, yeah, man. Ask me the, ask me the juicy, get in the juicy so, shit. Yes. Last words, every artist out there, just. This is your time, basically. You don't need a label. You don't need a manager yet. Work on your music. The, the, the internet is your playground. There are millions of ways to promote your music, yourself, your brand, whatever. Create merchandise and just fucking sell them for like five bucks. So oh, this is the way the music industry nowadays, you don't need anybody until you're sure that you want, it, you want to do this as a career. Then jump from you don't need anybody to DIY, uh, DIO which is uh, do it ourselves, um, create a team um, um, from, you know, people who can support you and help you, whether, you know, just handling your social media, whether um, they create some beats for you, whether they, they be with their, for you and performances in life, do it. This is how yeah, you man. shine, create your own small label. My guy, thank you so much for Habibi. having me. And, uh, Let's yeah, do man. this uh, next year and uh, big things. Hey, man, happen. whenever you got new shit coming up, you know, you just let me know. Just be like, yo, man, I got something to promote it. You know, <laughs> that's my, that's my uh, dude, Habibi. Thank you so much for taking the time, bro. We'll see you soon. All right. Cheers. Peace, peace, Bye-bye, peace. Man. Yeah, let's out. Yeah, everybody. Episode 50 in the bag. My God, thank you so very much for tuning in to this two-hour podcast special with my dude Elia out in UAE, doing it up, doing it up. And uh, yeah, like, comment, subscribe, share, follow us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify. You know what I mean? You know, interact with us, bro. You know what I mean? We, we here. We here for the Wi-Fi. I'm out here in Chile, Canada, Rick rock, rocking my, my, my Wu-Tang fucking toque. Yeah, man. It's all love. We'll see you, uh, we'll see you next week for uh, another string of awesome guests. Every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We do this shit every week. All right? We ain't stopping. Can't stop us. Much love, everybody. Peace, please. When those beats don't hit, grin and bear red. When it's time to call it quits, grin and bear red. Move that Betty by blanket. Evidence, crank it. If it bubbled, I drank it. When it crumbled, I sank it to the floor. They washed a face first down in Belmont Shore and Biblical Court.